one young saint looked at the other young saint and said, why are all these old people, why do they read the Bible so much? And the other one says, they're cramming for their final. So welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. I am John, and I am here with Tom, John and Tom. Tom, how are you, brother? I'm doing well, and uh, we need to clean up something from two weeks ago. And, okay. uh, yes, you know, uh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> and Brad, we were saying, where's Brad? He hadn't even checked in at all. And and, uh, and actually, after the podcast, you and I both remembered where he was. Uh, he was one of two places. He was either on his way yes. or he was in Romania at the mm-hmm. time we were meeting. So, uh so the key word, so, what you said there, Tom, is that we remembered. Um, yes. He had already he had told us what he was going to do, and that's a big, big thing he does. And you know, he had, I think he told us several weeks beforehand, even getting ready. And then we push record. It's like, well, where's Brad? I don't know. I haven't heard from the guy. <laughs> so Brad. So, yeah, so we just want to say, as we were throwing Brad under the bus, uh, it wasn't his fault. It was ours entirely. I mean, our apologies. Neither one of us. Yeah. So he's so mad at us. He decided not to come today. Yeah. (laughs) He is back in the country. He is. uh, But he, you know, after being gone for a couple of weeks in another place, another time, uh, he's got a lot of catching up to do. You got to readjust everything, too. Even as a retired pastor, I do remember that you always had a lot, um, a lot to do when when you came back from wh- whatever, yeah. whether it was two or three days or two when or three that, days. And he didn't go on vacation, but I mean, it's the same concept. Like nobody really goes on vacation because you're either doing all that work like beforehand to get ready. Or it's waiting for you when you get back from vacation. It's just more work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I felt yeah. a little bit. I took a few days off this week, and I felt a little bit of that too. I was getting a lot of stuff done beforehand, but anyway, that's just the way it is. So anyway, so by the way, I I've taken that ferry over to was it Bolivar? Uh, Bolivar. Uh-huh. Bolivar. Yeah. Point, point that's a it's a great place in the spring to go from uh, migration. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bird watching. Yeah, it. Mm -hmm. I used an illustration yesterday about taking the Bolivar Ferry there in Galveston, and so uh, that's what Tom's talking about. Uh, Great. Yeah, we used to ride it as a kid. We used to just walk on and run around the boats, and then come back and do that a couple times. You know. Yeah, yeah. Sinking. I grew up in Portland, so the the shorter one was always (laughs) it was always exciting. Go from uh, Ranzas Pass over to Port A. Yeah, that that two minute boat ride is is amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it? 15, 20 minutes. Uh, the the one it uh, from about, out of Galveston. It's about fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's a good to get a little boat ride. So yeah, it's enough time to to get out, get some of that air, and see the dolphins. <clears throat> excuse me, and then get back in your car. So hey, hey. yeah. Well, no, I want to say something. Uh, you know. Um, John used the, he had a picture of a, a huge barge and they were moving toward the barge. And, and there's one thing that, I mean, you were, you were nervous. You could like, doesn't anybody notice the big boat in front of us and we're <laughs> headed straight for it. And, uh, and, 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 and you said something, but you didn't build on it is when you, when you look at, at the people who are, who actually do that all the time <laughs> is it, and they're relaxed. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like ah, 
you know, I guess I, I can, can chill relax. Too. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, it's 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 important to li- look at those who are who know what they're doing. If they're uh, calm, <laughs> or if they're acting calm, like my wife did once when she was totally lost in Russia, uh, and our son was like eight years old, he had no idea how much she was panicking on the inside. <laughs> Fake it that way, you know, you don't freak people out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Tom, that's a nice uh, jersey you got on. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. I was gonna say uh, six straight ALCSs, uh, uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. I think they've. Uh, I think most of the time, or all the time, they've uh, they've been the uh, had the home field advantage on the ALC, ALCS mm-hmm. side. And I don't remember, but yeah, yeah. Well, and and World Series. So if they make it that far, will be they will have home field advantage because the Dodgers surprisingly yeah. lost to the team that they kept beating all during the regular. How about season. that, yeah. Hey, so do you think the rest of America is still mad at the Astros? It doesn't matter. You know, honestly, I, I know that, uh, you know, when you are looked at as the villain and uh, that's highly motivating. For it them. is fun. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, which is, which it, is why I'm an Eagles fan too. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations on last night. Enjoy. That it was a good play. game. That was a good but, game. And, and, and they are a good team as opposed to last year. They, you know, they, uh, they got into the, uh, playoffs, but they had a lot of holes and they filled those holes. So. That was the, the, that was the beginning of our building, man. It was, it was fun. Hey, yeah. um, Hey Tom, are you good at letting go of grudges? <laughs> um, for the most part? Yes. But I, I laugh because this morning I'm, I'm reading uh, uh, the Lord's prayer. And of course, at the end of that, it talks about uh, when you're, when you stand praying, which is an interesting phrase in itself is is you know jesus uh, assumes you're going to pray and and the the posture of prayer at least uh from that perspective perspective was standing anyway when you pray and uh remember that you have something against someone oh, yeah. forgive them and you know, let you know let it go which was opposite you know when you're offering your your gift on the altar and remember somebody has something against you uh, so he mm. deals with, with both of those in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, if he's he's pretty good up, about that, man. Huh? Jesus is pretty good about covering all the bases, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's talking about, uh, you know, sometimes I'm offensive and sometimes I'm offended. And the, either way is do what it takes to get it right. All right. So a family is seeking to press charges against an unnamed man who was briefly married to their mom in the 1970s. This is coming out of the New York Post. Uh, Their beef? Allegedly, the New Jersey man arrives at Linda Torreo's tombstone in Orangetown, New York, early almost every morning with his current wife in tow. So he brings his current wife to his deceased wife's grave. Okay. That he was married to briefly, it says. Or early almost every morning with his current wife in tow, where he <clears throat> urinates on her grave and sometimes leaves a bag of excrement. Oh man. This I, is... I take it that that he he and the and the former wife did not get along very well. Uh, she died in 2017, according to her son, in April of this year. 
excuse me, he and his sister discovered a bag of poop and supposed a dog walker had dropped it, as sometimes dog walkers will do. Stop that, y'all. Pick it up, by the way. Uh, when the second bag showed up, they called police. Then they went to work setting up a trail camera that recorded the man's visits. And on September 18th, taking video with a cell phone that identified him as her one-time husband. Um, no one in the family has had contact with him since 1976 or so. But he, this is the thing he does now. What has to be going through your mind, Tom? All well, these you- years later. I was going to say that is, uh, you know, that reminds me of the the story about the twins, twin women that they were, they lived in the same house, but they had drawn a line down the middle of the house. And then that's your side. This is my side. And they had nothing to do with one another that they just couldn't afford to live anywhere else. And I'm going, man, is Jesus ever so right? It's like, <laughs> you, you, let it go. Don't. Don't uh, don't put somebody in your bitterness jail and keep them there. It's bitterness terrible. jail. I love it. I love it. Yeah, well, but isn't that easy for you to say, Tom? Uh, it, it's it, it's easy to say. It's hard to live. Hmm. Yeah, I like to say when you know, we get these kind of things, it is it's easier to say uh, than it used to be, which I think to me is like that's a reminder that like we're learning these things and we're growing. Right. Yeah, it may have been more difficult for me to say, you know, some years ago, but today, yeah, it is. It's easier for sure. I don't know if it's always easy, but in some ways it gets easier. Um, I'm even like when I go to like if I'm doing a funeral or whatever, like I'm even like very cautious about where I walk in graves, period. I can't imagine being so <laughs> angry or bitter or something with somebody that. I would do something that, that this is just beyond me, man. I'm, I don't know what people feel in their hearts, but golly, there's gotta be some room in there for some forgiveness, maybe some healing. I don't know, Tom. What you, My goodness. Yeah. 1976. That's a, that's a lot of years to, you know, to, I am going, I have, I have, I, I, I can't imagine what a relationship was like that it was so terrible that you know, like 40, almost 50 years later, you're, you're, you're desecrating that person's grave. I don't know, man. I don't know. So hopefully there's, there's healing there. And um, I, I, I think it's a, it's not a good story, <clears throat> but it's certainly uh, something for us to chew on when we talk about our next story, uh, which is more of a, a review. Uh, 90% of Bible users say scripture has transformed my life. I wonder if the guy who's doing this to his ex-wife's grave would say that scripture has transformed his life. Um, and if he did say so, like, what was he like before? What was he doing on people's graves before, man? <laughs> All right. So this comes from uh, Lifeway Research, uh, excuse me, actually, American Bible Society says that more than 90%, Tom, more than 90% of Americans who read the Bible say its message has transformed their lives. That's a, that's a kind of a big claim, don't you think? That's, that's, yeah, that's huge. And, and uh, to be specific in, in this, it, they said uh, people who read the, the, the Bible at least three or four, four times in a year. A year. So I'm going, and it, 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 you know, it, it's 
it's good medicine, even if you are rather irregular at taking it. So, so yeah, uh, 92% of Bible users, and here Bible users are defined as those who read scripture three or four times a year, apart from church. Apart from church, yeah. Right. So not going to church and listening to a big-headed preacher like me read it or somebody else read it. Like you're reading it three or four times somewhere on your own or maybe with a smaller group. I don't, I don't know. But um, uh, but these people say the message of the Bible has transformed my life. Um, I wonder what kind of if you're and maybe I'm playing my cards here, but somebody who reads the Bible three or four times a year. Um, I don't know if I would consider that a Bible user. I don't know if that makes me judgmental or or, or not, but um, if you're reading it three or four times a year, what kind of message do you think you're getting from it, Tom? Well, and one of the things that it, it talked about is the different um, different ways people read. Uh, one of yeah. them is is um, uh, just a few verses at a time. Uh, another was um, if uh, it, you know it, when the mood struck. Um, and kind of according to their mood, whether what they read and when they read it. Uh, and of course, you know, there are those uh, who re- read it on a regular, had a plan. Um, and, 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 uh, and, you know, I, I'm, I think, you know, let's, let's say it, it deals with, with something has happened in my life. And I'm just reaching out, trying to find answers. And, and I happen to turn and go, I keep hearing the, about the 23rd Psalm, where's the mm-hmm. 23rd Psalm? And they look it up and, and they find solace in, in, in that particular scripture. I mean, I can see how even, even a one time in a specific situation where it, it would impact your life and bring you comfort. So, uh, you know, that's one of the, one of the ways, I, I, you know, uh, for for me, uh, you know, the fact that we were talking about forgiveness, that just happened to be the the area today that I was I was reading and and kind of meditating on. I spent uh, you know fifteen to thirty minutes just in a short passage. Uh, that's uh, and and I'm finding the more I I am spending time there. Um, the, the more, well, Ellen and I were having a conversation and the last, in fact, I think it was on the way back from church or on the way to church where she says, yeah, you're, I've noticed you've been different. Uh, I've been less angry, less, uh, resistant. Uh, and it's all because I've been spending time in the Sermon on the Mount. And if you actually spend time there and think about that, then it begins to change the way you're thinking. And, and, and for me, it, my thoughts have changed and therefore my actions have changed. Which is a part of like repentance we always talk about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Certainly. If, if I'm going to say, if I'm going to recognize this way, right, God's way, then it's like, oh, it's not just a nice way. It's okay. And then like, how do I turn mm-hmm. to that and live into that and you're saying <clears throat> sermon on the mount reading the scripture that's that's been something for for you that you've experienced that so um and recently i mean very recently, recently. 
Yeah. So you don't just read the Bible once and then you're done with it, right? I mean, you're a retired minister. Haven't you done that already? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's going to say, uh, one of the, in one of the places, uh, people have been challenged by Jesus, by his words. And he says some pretty, um, you know, startling things like, uh, unless you drink my blood and eat my body, uh, yeah, and, and people found that offensive and they started believing and, and then Jesus turns to his disciples and kind of says, you don't want to leave too, do you? And Peter s- says something, and this is, this is how I feel. Uh, where else can we go? Mm. You have the words of life. And sure. that's what I found in Jesus. I've, that's what I found. That's why uh, I'm spending so much time in We lost Tom. Tom had to go read the Bible, I guess, which is fine. I think it's wonderful. I don't know if I'll keep this in the final edit of this week's podcast. It'd be kind of great if I did, just to remind Tom that he needs better Wi-Fi. That if he's going to be here, he needs to be here. He can't just be coming, coming in and out whenever he wishes. This is a serious podcast, and we need to take it seriously. We need to make it. <laughs> uh, you know what Tom was talking about having like a one-time experience with scripture, you know, maybe hearing about the, the 23rd Psalm uh, and then finally getting to a point. Let me read it for myself. That, that's actually part of my story, my call to, to faith. I did that with Proverbs chapter three. Uh, you may know those verses five and six. I had, had an experience where I kind of always heard of that verse, heard, heard of that verse, never kind of, I never read the Bible myself, all that kind of stuff. But finally got to a point where I said, that's what I uh, have heard. I, I need to read this for myself. Uh, and so I did. And quite literally, like, yeah, that actually changed my life. That, right. Um, and so, but, I, but I, then I wouldn't consider myself a Bible user still. Because even after that, I mean, I still, I mean, I didn't make it a regular practice. I may have gone to, like, to worship at church and, you know, was a part of it and and heard it here and there and, you know, uh, starting to learn the stories and everything. I don't know that I became a Bible user the way I would sort of um, define that as, as someone who would read scripture sort of on a regular basis, at, you know, at least at least more than occasionally. Uh, um, and I guess that's not very subjective, right? What's occasionally, but uh, that didn't happen for me for another few years. Right. Uh, matter of fact, I still have a, <clears throat> I still have a uh, Bible timeout. Tom's calling me. Hello, Tom. Yeah, we're we're going on, man. All right, bro. God bless. Tom's coming back, so we'll just wait. So yeah, that is, I have a Bible. I was telling you that my wife gave me. It was like a men's study Bible. Um, and when I began, she I think she gave it to me because she recognized that like I had started trying to read it a little more. She grew up in the church, and I guess that was, you know, something that was familiar to her. And so I, I still have that Bible, and, and I look at it now. It's, you know, the cliche of, you know, the pages are all kind of worn and pieces are like torn. Because once I started, it was like, wow, this is, this is what I, what I need. And so I can 
count myself as someone who uh, considers that uh, reading the Bible transformed my life. And, and I appreciate what Tom was saying, because uh, as ministers, you know, we're expected to. And of course, we, if you're, <laughs> you should expect your preachers, I think we should expect our leaders to be reading scripture on a regular basis, right? But even if we've done that, right, it can be easy to, to, to fall in with the idea, yeah, okay, I have read it. Oh, I know this story. That's what kind of sermon can I draw from here? Or, you know, what kind of kind of moral lesson? Instead of, and when Tom gets back, we talk a little bit about this, instead of like still like finding ourselves in the scripture and 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 understanding what God is trying to speak to us through it as well, right? To sort of separate our, I'm speaking of as far as pastorally, to separate our uh, sort of job with what we have to do with scripture from what scripture does for all of us as God's people. Um, that's an important thing to do to kind of uh, right? crafting a sermon, putting the sermon together, being different than listening to how scripture is challenging us. Hey, Tom, how you doing, brother? Doing well. My computer, not so much, but you know, I had, I told you I had 58 minutes. Well, the computer lied. <laughs> it lied to me and I had, it lied to you. So. That's all right. Good to have you back. Um, we'll restart the counter. No, we won't. Yeah, we won't. No. We'll, <laughs> I was just telling everybody, I told them we'll probably keep all that. This is classic. That's just, that's just an almost perfect thing to happen on our podcast, yeah, Tom. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, you talked about uh, somebody having sort of this once, um, what would you call it? Just, you know, like you said, Psalm 23, heard about it, heard about it. Let me read it myself. Just kind of one-time experience with scripture and that actually changing you, transforming like we're talking about and how that I have a call to faith story that that's kind of literally what happened, right? That was a part of uh, my experience with scripture. And so part of what I want to talk about, Tom, also is like, is you and I as uh, church leaders, whatever, particularly as pastors, part of our charge is, you know, um, putting together sermons and and uh, you know, reading a text and God, what are you speaking to us right now? Blah blah blah, that kind of stuff. But also, like, and you mentioned before about you know your own reading, like how that's just as important. So, putting those things together, like, how do we read the Bible? And I don't mean like, like necessarily, because I think it is helpful to kind of think about ways to actually read it, like sit down in a quiet place or you know that kind of stuff. But more what it how do we read it like to to hear what we think god might be speaking to us how do we read it more than just you know old stories or you know whatever we think the bible was or somebody told us it was yeah and, and we've kind of i think talked about this in in uh in other things because coming back to scripture just like talking about prayer or uh, the resurrection; those are kind of foundational things in uh, in the life of a follower of Jesus. Is you know uh, to to experience Scripture, and as uh, Jesus uses, uh, you know, do not uh, practice your righteousness before people. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, you know, the assumption is you will practice your righteousness, which. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, the, uh, the first thing he addresses is giving that, that you develop a regular um, 
uh, a regular generosity. God is generous to me, and therefore I will be generous uh, to, with others. And 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 then there's then there's prayer. When you stand praying, um, uh, you know it, the assumption is that you will have a a prayer life. And honestly, that's the, always the one that um, I. I am so choo, 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 choo. It, it's hard for me at times to, to just simply pray. Um, but what helps me is uh, it's the 23rd Psalm and, and the Lord's Prayer. Broke Both of those I use as ways to guide me uh, to speak to God with structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that helps uh, my ADD mind kind of stay on track for the most part. Um, and then, and then the the other thing he uh, haven't cut, gotten there yet, but is this uh, is fasting this uh, this consistent, and this is one I have done sporadically. Uh, but underneath all of that is the assumption that you'll be familiar with the God stories uh, in Scripture, uh, the the foundational stories of the Old Testament that you know. Uh, the Hebrew scriptures uh, is is it, it is helpful to read those, um, and and if you don't understand, it's always helpful to have someone come alongside and kind of kind of say. And and, I, and I've had this experience through uh, through other pastors' conversation with other pastors or uh, other uh, Christ followers, uh, and and then of course there's. There's tools that'll help you understand that. Um, one of the things that I consistently go to is the the Bible Project, and they actually mm-hmm. have videos that tell you this is what this particular book is about, and those usually are less than ten minutes each, and it gives you an overview. So you're going, oh, now I understand why Bigger there's picture. Leviticus. I have trouble with Leviticus and Numbers, but at least now I know why they're there. Sure. Um, so, yeah, and then, and even like the New Testament, you hear people say, "Well, the Old Testament, I don't know what's going on with that." But the New Testament's Jesus; it's easier to to sort of grasp. But without the Old Testament, a lot of the New Testament doesn't really make sense. It's it, you're building off, you know. I, I think of the Book of Hebrews. Uh, oh example. yeah, yeah. There's so much Old Testament imagery that's just. It's not like, hey, remember in the Old Testament when it said, you know, it, it's nothing that direct. There's just so much of it that is subtle, like. Like if you know your what we call Old Testament, then what's being said in Hebrews, like oh, oh, ah, I see what I see what they're doing. They're building off something like you said that we all know, or that maybe we should know, right? And so that's part of our our issue too of not knowing these things. So uh, you talked about like these different methods for reading scripture. Do you find uh, is there a, a, a wrong or right way to read scripture? Well, uh, before we go there. Um, you know, um, a lot of times there are references, you know, in, say I'm watching a, a show and they make a reference to, uh, Psych does this all the time, where they make references to a particular music artist or a particular movie. And if you've seen the movie, you understand that one little blurb, you go, mm. oh, I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for all of us who've watched The Princess Bride and, and, you know, that's the one I'm more likely to quote from. And if you've never seen Princess Bride, I make a, a you know, <laughs> make a, uh, uh, you know, uh, I just a quick, <laughs> quick little quip 
you don't understand that little quip. Uh, but if you've seen the movie, you go, oh, yeah, I remember that. That, that happened when. Yeah, that'd, and, be, uh, incon- that'd be inconceivable. Right. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means. Right, very good. Very good. <laughs> See that now we just had an inter- interchange there based on a movie, and if you've seen it, you know exactly what what we're doing. And that's kind of the same way with with scripture. It really helps to see more of the story, uh, and that's why I recommend if you're not going to read anything else, read the Gospels. Mm-hmm. But but it, but it, it it's really helpful. Because Jesus says some things and makes references to to things uh, that make sense if you have read the the, the um, Hebrew scriptures that you know that the Old Testament that boring part it, you know it's actually not very boring um, <laughs> it has boring spots uh, uh, but you know re- <laughs> I always tell tell kids. Uh, if you want to really read, read something that's screwed up, read uh, read Judges. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, but you better let your parents know. And then you, the moment you say that, it's like you know they're going to read it. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. That's going to be first on their reading list. I, I've heard uh, uh, teachers say before, and I've appreciated this, and I kind of made it kind of something I kind of look for is uh, uh, you know some people are convinced that we'll get to a point. We're not there yet, perhaps, but we'll get to a point where we can feel like everything Jesus said that's recorded in Scripture goes back to some element of what we say Old Testament, right? Yeah. That it's being that the, these stories are being written <clears throat> uh, specifically to draw upon what's already been said. And maybe we don't always see it uh, easily or directly, but we'll be able to do that at some point. So the, yeah. that kind of speaks to that. Uh, but what but about, coming, like, yeah, ahead. coming back to your question, uh, right or in wrong. Um, I, I think there's, there's one of the things that, uh, that there is a wrong way uh, to use the Bible or, 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 to, you know, I'm not going to say it. And it's amazing, though, even when we uh, use and abuse uh, scripture that that there, uh, unless we are hard hearted and resistant, God will even use use that because, you know, he does that over and over again in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And he does that over and over again through scripture. But I, I'd say the wrong way to do it is. Uh, is to come into scripture with your mind already made up, you know, that uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to think about this. I'm going to judge it. You know, I come in to scrutinize the scriptures and find where it's, where it's obviously wrong. Uh, Or, or I I go in saying, I need to find this so I can use it to bludgeon, you know, uh, this person who disagrees with me. So I saw some video once and it is so illustrative of, I think what a lot of how sometimes we do try to read scripture. Somebody was getting that before some, I don't know, city council or something about, I don't even remember what the topic was about. And the person was like, and I just love that scripture that says whatever it said. And it happened to include like the word of whatever their topic was, but that word had nothing to do with how the topic was being framed or talked about in you know the modern context 
And it was just like, it was so obvious to me. I was like, somebody went to Google and said, show me Bible passages about this, right? Yeah. Forgetting context, forgetting what it actually means, forgetting like the rest of it. And, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Like, let me, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. go find what I need to find either to make my point or to put somebody else in their place. I think that is a wrong way to read scripture. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, I've got a question for you. Um, Please. And, and, and I, I don't know. Um, um, are you are you ever mystified how a, uh, how a person can take a certain position? And uh, well, I was going to say, and, and I'll give you exa- an example of uh, believing specifically, say, um, you know, that we have a right to enslave these people because uh, the Bible says Right. And, uh, and that's a, that's, that's a, you know, uh, that's an example, but do you find that mystifying? Uh, um, I find it maybe frustrating first, um, because we pick and choose what parts like that we're, we'll be willing to say, well, the Bible says, right. So, yeah, we can see passages in, 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 in scripture that you know condone slavery that doesn't mean that god approves it or affirms it. it's just the reality is it's it's condoning it. it's giving you instructions for it but it also you're talking about the sermon on the mount right i mean yeah. there's yeah. also these other passages where you know why don't you do that too right why don't you live into that but for whatever reason probably some selfish reason um we're, we're much more willing to hold on to that that other one so in that sense, it's not sort of mystifying to me because I think, oh, I mean, I've got it here. It says it right there. It's just sort of like uh, evidence to me, right? It, but it is mystifying in the sense that we can take something that we say we know is is holy and sacred, life affirming, and you know, abundant life, all that stuff. But then still gracious, gracious, generous. exactly. But then still use it to whether enslave people or, you know, do other kinds of things uh, to people. So in that, in that sense, it is like, are we not paying attention to this entire story that, that we have at our disposal that God's given to us? Um, so. Yeah. Now I appreciated what you said that, you know, maybe, you know, talking about the way to read the Bible, but, and to your point, your example, like there's a way to use the Bible as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think preachers are just as guilty of this as, as well. You know, we have a pulpit and there's plenty of times you can see where preachers are using scripture against their congregation or to yeah. get something done that they want. Or I made a joke a few years ago that, you know, when one of these pastors, you know, told the church that he needed a second jet. Right. And they oh, needed- yeah, yeah. They need to give him a second jet, jet. And I was like, I can't even get my congregation to sing the third verse of the hymn, man. And he's got for a jet, but made some kind of argument based on scripture and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm just not willing to do that. I'm not willing to go there. So, well, and I, you know, I can think of a specific situation uh, in, in my early years as a pastor. I mean, this, I remember 
doing this. And part of it was I didn't really um, go very deeply into the scripture, but, you know, I had a, had a, uh, you know, a, a, a church leader uh, and a really good guy, uh, but, you know, he would use uh, certain off-color language. And, 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 and from my perspective now, it's like, it wasn't even that bad. Mm-hmm. It's, but, you know, he wasn't afraid, let's say he wasn't afraid to say damn, or uh, a few other uh, just four letter words. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I go, well, that's just wrong. That's wrong. He's a Christian. He shouldn't be talking like that. And so when I'm reading about, uh, about, uh, Peter's denial, it's, you know, he, he, uh, you know, the third time they say, you, we know you were with, and we can tell by the way you, you know, we can tell by your accent that you, you're one of those Galileans that hung, hung out with Jesus. And it says, Peter began to curse. And I am going, see, you know, see, cursing's a bad thing. And I'm going, and, 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 and I, one is I'm looking for that. Sure. Two is I have one person in mind and I want to, you know, want to make a message built around that one, one sentence and that one person. And I can tell you, I know today that was so far from, from, uh, from what I should have been doing as a pastor. And also so far uh, from really looking at that whole thing. So moralizing based off, you know, one little tidbit you saw, which yeah, probably has nothing to do with the you know, the larger message that's trying to be proclaimed in the, in the passage. Yeah, that's hard to do. All right. So um, you said, you know, somebody wants to start, if you're not going to read anything else, read the Gospels, right? Right. Uh, and you mentioned uh, the different methods, uh, about half of the people who read this, read the Bible in some form, they read a few verses at a time. Uh, they read based on their mood, which I don't quite understand. Uh, they read full chapters or stories. They use a schedule, a plan or a program and, or they read at the same time each day. Um, those are good recommendations, right? Find one of yeah. those that just yeah. gets you into the habit of it. Um, and, 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 you know, my, I would fall into that latter category of uh, I consistently uh, read scripture in the morning and I do follow a plan. Um, I also then spend time in a, in just a, a short segment, but I'm retired and I recognize, man, if the, the one thing I need to do is cultivate my soul life. So mm-hmm. it, it makes a little bit of difference. I have a joke about that, Tom. Like the uh, okay. uh, uh, one one young saint looked at the other young saint and said, why are all these old people, why do they read the Bible so much? And the other one says, they're cramming for their final. <laughs> <laughs> now, the only reason why I tell that joke, because I actually told it to a, a group of older adults and they laughed hysterically. So they gave me permission to be able to tell that joke again. <laughs> it's not my joke, but anyway. Anyway, so all that's yeah. to say, like read scripture, right? It, it, it's it's a it's a gift. I call it a gift when I talk about it in in church and and in in our worship settings. I try not to make the assumption that everybody knows like this story, right? I try to not 
I try to keep in mind that this is going to be new, right? This biblical story or the, you know, we're talking about, you know, the way Jesus builds on old stories, like that's going to be new probably to a lot of people. And that, mm-hmm. that kind of informs my preaching. Matter of fact, a lot of times and when I would put things, you know, I would have my, you know, my notes about what I want to say here, blah, blah. blah. And I'd always have a point in, in my notes where I would just simply say, tell story. Like, mm-hmm. just like tell the story itself. And yeah, you read it, but just like tell it that people can make that connection like, of what's happened and then, you know, go on from there. Cause I think that's just as important um, to help people engage with it. So, all right. So, so how do we end with that, Tom? Well, I, I want to, you know, you and I are saying we find scripture valuable mm-hmm. and they're saying people who at least three or four times a year say it's transformative. I think it's also important to add the other thing that they they found kind of surprising that 38% of those who don't read the Bible said it was wow. transformative. And, and then they put it in numbers, uh, 60 million people who do not regularly read the Bible find it transformational. And, uh, and, and so, you know, you know, I would go on, 90% of those who are regular users find it, find it helpful. And 38% of those who have little or nothing to do with scripture find it helpful, despite the fact that most of us are, are most of us have the impression it's dull, boring, and, and it has no application to my life. And yet a lot of people are finding it to be the opposite. Yeah. Amen to that. So Hopefully that's an encouragement like to you if you're listening. Like if, if scripture hasn't been sort of a normal part of your routine, like maybe now's the time to kind of start making it, right? It, it is something that uh, again, it's a gift, it has value. I mean, it's been what's guided the church for all these years now, right? And uh, people have died to make sure that we could, you know, read it ourselves and 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 be able to understand it. And that's that's also. Uh, important to me as well. So go read your Bible. Go go read your Bible. Read it with other people too. Don't cherry pick and don't use it to bash other people. That's not very helpful either. So Tom says so. And Tom also <laughs> says to charge your laptop uh, before doing a yeah. podcast. That's I think that's in the Bible somewhere, Tom. Well, I, I know there's the word charge. <laughs> somewhere in there it's somewhere in google there. it oh, google it and so we can use that see it. see you should charge your computer battery the bible the says, bible says <laughs> that's it they right, so, charged over the hill and defeated their enemies <laughs> see scripture says was it scripture god said it scripture i forget how it goes i believe it god said it i, I forget how it goes anyway. <laughs> whatever that was almost perfect that was almost perfect (laughs) so thanks for listening everybody thanks for watching always glad to uh, spend some time with you uh let's hear how you're reading the bible what parts of it do you have you found uh, helpful and valuable how do you read it uh i think that's something we can learn from each other as well tom i appreciate you being here for the time that you were here uh that was great (laughs) and i look forward to finding what you said out what you said while i was off very good So we hope you have a good rest of the week. Hopefully Brad will be back with us soon and uh, we'll keep doing this until then. Have a great rest of the week and God be with you. Thanks. uh, Thanks, John, once again. Yes, sir. (music) 